What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pot, the first step in a long road to lower prescription drug prices. CNBC's Bertha Coombs with the list of drugs under negotiation. By the time we get to the end of the decade, up to 60 drugs will have been negotiated under this program. Disinformation on Facebook, this time in China. Eamon Javers in D.C. The campaign, which appeared to be centrally controlled in China, was active on more than 50 platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, X, and others. Those stories today, plus Hurricane Idalia heading to Florida, Toyota's production problems, Amazon's Andy Jassy makes the rules. No data. My data is it's called CEO. So. <laughs> right. And please don't replace our talents with AI. I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild. I think I am too, from my, you know, my, that groundbreaking uh, performance ahead on damages. What's the going close? Yeah. Thing? yeah. <laughs> it's Tuesday, August 29th. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one. Cue it, please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is out today. Adalia. I Dalia. I don't know. That's the, I never heard of that name that Adalia. begins with an I. There's no other name with Dalia. Dalia. Black Dalia. That was a Hollywood uh, movie. But Adalia strengthened to a hurricane earlier this morning as it gathers. Uh, strength near Cuba, the National Hurricane Center said the storm could become a powerful Category 3 before it makes landfall tomorrow uh, in Florida. It's going to like go across the entire and, state and kind of miss the top. It's going to miss the bottom, I think, but go th- maybe through Jacksonville. Tampa's got some questions. In Jacksonville, yeah. I think. But that, it had already would have already moved over land. I don't know what that would mean for uh, what, what the strength would be by the time it gets to the Atlantic. Uh, and hurricane warnings and watches are in effect for parts of the Gulf Coast of Florida, which uh, with evacuation orders issued in some areas, it's August. This won't be the last. Uh, That's why we go through the alphabet, I think, half the time. Now they name like storms. They name storms in the winter now. They name like a a little bit of snow as a name. Yeah, that's how we track them. That's how we know what they are, I guess. Otherwise, they're just... How would you remember? You don't know which ones are going to be the big ones. Otherwise, it's rain and wind. Toyota Motor said that it had suspended operations at all 14 of its assembly plants in Japan because of a production system malfunction. It said that the glitch prevented Toyota from ordering components and its cause is under investigation. Toyota says that the disruption is probably not because of a cyber attack. Operations were halted for a day last year when a supplier suffered a cyber attack disrupting Toyota's ability to order those parts. The Japanese plants account for roughly a third of Toyota's global production. That's what we say now, a cyber attack. The supplier <laughs> suffered a cyber attack. It sounds like almost you're having a, like a coronary. You shut something. down 14 plants, you kind of are. And then this was hardware as opposed to software, I guess, at Norfolk Southern. U.S. railroad operator Norfolk Southern said it's restored all rail systems after a hardware-related outage that affected its operations yesterday. The company said all systems were restored by 7 p.m. last night. 
but the, the outage would impact operations for at least a couple of weeks. That doesn't narrow it down for me. Do you know what they mean? No. <laughs> the uh, company said there's no indication that the outage was a cybersecurity incident. So, it, you know, we're all sort of, none of us are computer science majors. I mean, hardware, does that mean trains? No, I think <laughs> like, it means, it means like, an actual, I think it means the actual. The box? Other than, yeah, like maybe. the box got rained on or something? I don't know. Other than, you know, we always hear of software, obviously, that runs on the hardware. Yeah. But I don't know if the hardware, they need some new boxes. It, yeah, but what, what would upgrade shut it down? The boxes? Is, there, is there some external what, factor that gets into the... Anything that we would say would be total... Yeah, we have no idea. Conjecture. So we're going to move on. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy has a message to workers who don't want to return to the office. It's not going to work out for you. That's according to a report from Insider, which said Jassy made that statement during meetings earlier this month. In a record of the meeting that was obtained by Insider, Jassy said his decision to have employees return to the office was a judgment call and employees can leave if they don't want to comply. I think that was in response to a question from employees trying to say, what's your data for making this decision? He said, no data. It's... My way or the highway, basically. This is how we're going to do it. My data is is called CEO. (laughs) Right. Separately, Amazon has started increasing the minimum order value to $35 for free shipping for shoppers in some markets who don't subscribe to its Prime service. That minimum purchase for free shipping had been $25 to this point. Prime subscribers who pay $139 a year will see no change. A spokesperson for Amazon said, we continually evaluate our offerings and make adjustments based on those assessments. The $35 minimum matches the offering by Walmart for shoppers who aren't part of Walmart Plus loyalty program, but, uh, I, I, you know, no, Amazon I Prime, everybody's Amazon. So raising the prices for free service means on how much How much the value. minimum cart value is, right. Although sometimes they raise the price of Prime, too. It used to be $99. Now it's right, 139 Yeah. Yesterday, OpenAI uh, launched ChatGPT Enterprises. That's the chatbot's business tier. The company said the tool's been in development for less than a year and includes access to GPT-4 with no usage caps and performance that's up to two times faster than previous versions. Pricing uh, will not be announced. It will depend on a company's use case and size. And in a blog post, OpenAI addressed potential concerns that said it doesn't train uh, on business data or conversations, and its model doesn't learn anything from your usage, but the enterprise version of the software will allow clients to choose to input company data to train and customize ChatGPT for their own industries and use cases, although some of those features uh, weren't immediately available uh, in yesterday's debut. And I, I don't know. I understand the, uh, I understand the angst in, of the writers, the writer's skill, because if you can do it, you're going to do it. It's just you can try and be nice and say, no, it's not going to hurt anyone. But, you know, when the rubber meets the road and costs, you know, keep rising everywhere else. And if you can, if you can just if see it decent. right to the bottom line and it's good, yeah. And by the way, they're not going to do everything, but the chat GPT can give them a pretty good start. And then you have real people who fix it and work it up. And, you know, just watch what college students did with this stuff. It's everywhere. And we saw the numbers drop with chat GPT A's. during the summer because those kids were out of school. The numbers will probably pick up again now that they're back. But if you can use it, this is... So what does a deal look like between the studios and the writers? I, I had heard some conjecture back in July from were some better. studio yeah. heads that... Now they're not look, I think what they were talking about doing was kicking the can down the road, saying, we don't know how it's going to change, so let's just not set any rules. Let's say two years, we'll figure it out then. But it's hard to make a deal when you don't know exactly how it's going to work on either side, too. Um, Fran just went off 
with the, on the actress side of things, just went off AG. the other day and said that the, none of them were prepared remarks. And she sounded like, well, like she was probably almost Angry. like, well, almost like she was playing a role of a union. Norma like, Ray, you mean? Aaron Brockovich, something. Yeah, exactly. And, and then she said, this is not about Hollywood. This is about all workers and capitalism. Started going into that. And that sounds like something you'd write a script I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild. I think I am too. You probably are. Either after or sad. No, from my, you know, my, that groundbreaking uh, performance I had on Damages. What's the Glenn Close thing? Yeah. (laughs) I had like three lines or something. But they were, I mean, I I, I delivered them. I tried them a couple of times. Uh, It's like, um, these pretzels are salt making me thirsty. You remember the Seinfeld? (laughs) These pretzels are making me thirsty. He tried it like 10. These pretzels, they're making, making me, me thirst, thirsty. thirsty. I, did, I did the same thing. <laughs> my, my two line. In other AI news, executives from top tech companies will attend an insight forum hosted by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on September 13th. Among the confirmed guests, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, NVIDIA CEO Jensen Wang, and Microsoft Satya Nadella. Uh, and Alphabet's CER, Sundar Pichai. Is that how you say it? Pichai. But you, you do the CH. Pichai, yeah. Sundar Pichai. Not a hard CH. Pichai. I'm putting that in my, my brain. The forum is part of Senator Schumer's plan to evaluate uh, regulation of the artificial intelligence industry. I've never wanted to go to Washington more than to see some of this stuff, to see all of them there. This is going to be worth watching. Probably. It'd be good to try and get, get their text emails contact info they know they probably would recognize you or you maybe they might recognize me but maybe not in a good it way it is pretty early on the west coast right? it is but yeah some people can't sleep some of those guys i think cheese will be next coming up on squawk pod the first 10 drugs picked for medicare price negotiations any of yours on the list Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services Administrator Chiquita Brooks-Lashour joins us on the difference the Biden administration is hoping to make. I talk to people all over the country who are making very difficult choices today about whether they will be able to put food on their tables, whether they will be able to pay their rent, or whether they will be able to fill their prescriptions. The drugs that are on the list and the drugs that aren't. Not yet, at least. I know all of them from watching TV at night. Oh, 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 Zempic. The Cialis commercials were my favorite because they're in the tub and then the next shot, they're both out of the tub, so they went somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Roll Pro A of track, stand Joe by in three, two, one, cue Joe. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Becky Quick. We had back-to-back winning sessions after pretty crappy uh, August, really. It's it's almost over, isn't it? Oh, it's almost over, yes. Did you know um, there's a jobs report on the first of the month? Yeah, because we talked about it last week. Oh. Remember? The very first day. Yeah, they're going to try and September. They're going to be scrambling Thursday night. I mean, that the Thursday night's August. I'm pulling all nighter. People still getting hired on. on I'm pulling all nighter to put those numbers. They're still together. getting hired on Thursday, and they're going to know who got. Tell us on it. Friday morning at 8:30 a.m. The Biden administration unveiled this morning the first 10 prescription drugs that will be subject to price negotiations between manufacturers and Medicare. Part of the president's Inflation Reduction Act, this ability for Medicare to hash out prices is controversial, not without the chance for extreme delays, but is designed to make costly medications more affordable for older Americans. This list was news that broke during the Squawk Box TV broadcast this morning. We'll walk you through it. So you were asking the right question, though. What, what I think we still don't know it. What is the, the the gauge that they're looking at for which drugs to pick? Is it the drugs that are really widely used, the ones that are really expensive? A lot of questions that come through this, and we were just making the point. It's not a negotiation. This is going to be price setting. Call it what it is. There are reasons for it. Prices for medicines have gotten out of control. It's hard to figure out how to get your arms back around it. But the unintended consequences are the things that everybody's a little worried about. It it could be a uh, a Netflix series just to talk about all the implications and and what we're talking about here, because we really are in in a perfect world. Pharmaceuticals are the greatest way to to maintain health and and, and, have people live longer lives. The cheapest way, the best way, our innovation has been second to none. The things that we take for granted, they, we said Keytruda. That's a targeted cancer medication that it is being hopefully, used for more obviates, more hopefully obviates the, the um, sort of the, the, the uh, shotgun scattershot approach of chemo, which really kills a lot of, you know, Help makes you sick right. as well if you can do targeted. So think of the promise, especially with AI and everything else of, of uh, this technology, we've, we sequence the genome, we've got all these powerful techniques to use now. I, it's going to save us. For. It's going to save pharma. If anything saves us, it's not going to be but I, hospital stays for a month that, that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars a week or whatever it is. It's not going to be expensive uh, home care. That it, I mean, but when you have, it, in a perfect world, it would be great. When you it, have insurance pl- companies, insurance plans that are saying we're not going to pay for a lot of this stuff because it's too expensive right. when you have other people who can't access it. I mean, this and is- you've got drug companies spending a lot of money advertising stuff or trying to, to extend patent production on extended release versions of drugs instead of or just using stuff gaming the system. And, I mean, and then you've got the middlemen. They want their piece. So, Pharmacy I mean, benefits managers. I think you're, that's going to be like the new PBMs, age of We're going to hear a lot more it's about It's just it. a very nuanced. And 
you know, you get a guy running for re-election, re and it's a knee-jerk reaction. I'm on a, you know, you, you know drug companies, the CEOs make a lot of money, and they get these huge profits, and I'm going to get Medicare to cap the price. And it sounds great, and it's a, it's a knee-jerk sort of demagogic viewpoint. But if you don't do it right, you're going to screw up the whole system, and we'll be like the rest of the world that doesn't develop drugs as quickly as us. Or doesn't get access to them. But, but, but there is something that needs to be done here, and we're going to talk a lot about this this morning. We are going to be hearing more. The White House announcing uh, the first 10 prescription drugs selected for Medicare price negotiations. Bertha Coombs joins us now with more. Hey, Bertha. Yeah, this is a landmark day, Joe. You know, Medicare has always set rates for doctors and medical care. But under the Inflation Reduction Act for the very first time, the agency has been given the authority to negotiate drug prices. CMS releasing the first 10 drugs chosen for negotiation under Medicare Part D prescription plans this morning. And some of the names are the ones we were expecting. Bristol-Myers Squibb's Eliquis, that's a uh, blood thinner. Jardiance, that is a diabetes drug. We're also looking at Bayer's Zeralto, another blood thinner. Uh, Merck's Genuvia is also on the list. Farsiga is on the list. And Tresto, Enbril, which is for, uh, for diabetes, I believe. Uh, Imbruvica, Stellara, and then a number of uh, diabetes drugs there as well. The companies, the CMS says these selected drugs accounted for $50.5 billion in total part D gross prescription drug costs, or about 20% of the total programs uh, between June 1st 2022 and May 31st, 2023. So essentially the second half of last year and more or less the first half of this year. The process now begins with the October 1st. The drug companies will have until then to respond as to whether they want to go into negotiations. The actual negotiations, the back and forth discussions begin in February and will last through August 1st. And then a year from now, on September 1st, 2024, CMS will name what they call the fair market price after those negotiations. Now, of course, we know that a number of these drug makers on the list, expecting that they would be on the list, have already filed suit against uh, the Biden administration, saying that they believe this is essentially not really a negotiation where they're being handed an offer they can't refuse, because if they choose not to negotiate, they face onerous fines, or they may not be able to sell any drugs into federal programs like Medicare and Medicaid. No doubt we will start hearing from them today as it goes. The Chamber of Commerce has joined in with a number of those drug makers, and it has actually asked the courts to issue a stay uh, before that October 1st deadline starts kicking in this negotiation process. Joe, Becky. Wow. Uh, th yeah, that's a good point, Bertha. Could be years, I guess, um, in the courts, right? It could be years in the courts. It could go forward. And this, these first 10 drugs are just the first. This goes on over the next several years. So these first 10 drugs will be implemented, the prices on them, the negotiated prices, in the 2026 Medicare Part D plans. The following year, another 10 Part D drugs. Then the following year, they introduced 15 Part B, which those are the drugs like um, Lucentis that has to be applied by a physician or a clinician. 
Part B and Part D, by the time we get to the end of the decade, up to 60 drugs will have been negotiated under this program. I don't know what half those drugs do, but, um, you know, we have an aging population too, Bertha. So a lot of people does affect uh, a lot of people. And, and it, on face value, it will be a positive if, if the prices obviously uh, are cheaper. It, it and, could it, be, Joe, although, it, you know, ahead. the question that I wonder and I keep asking people, you know, the, the Congressional Budget Office says, you know, we'll save somewhere over $270 billion over 10 years on these drugs potentially. But I wonder whether there'll be cost shifting, you know, in terms no of doubt. medical care. We yeah. all in individual plans and commercial plans sometimes pay one and a half or two and a half times the Medicare rate. Will the drug makers then shift and charge more to commercial plans? Or will they, knowing that they have a shorter runway, if you will, start those launch prices even higher. You know, it's bound, there's bound to be unintended consequences. There always are. Right now, we want to welcome Shakita Brooks-Lashur, who is the administrator of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Bertha? Thanks very much, Becky. Madam Administrator, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Certainly a historic day. I'd like to get your thoughts on the process and how did you come up with these 10 drugs? Well, you said it so well. It is a historic day. And the president has made making health care affordable such a key priority in this administration. We are very excited to make the announcement of the drugs that were selected for negotiation. This is going to be the first time that Medicare is able to negotiate drug prices. The law was very prescriptive about the top dr- 10 drugs that we were going to negotiate in this first round of negotiation. And so we followed the law, which was to look at which are the top spending drugs in the Medicare prescription drug program, which drugs have been on the market for at least seven years. And we're really excited to announce the drugs that have been selected today. There are some folks who are wondering about some of the drugs that were are on the list and some that are not. Uh, Extandi and Ibrance, those are uh, cancer drugs from Pfizer. Trulicity, a diabetes drug from Lilly. Those are usually seen among the top 10, yet they are not on the list. At the same time, you have a number of diabetes insulin drugs from Novo Nordisk that are. So I can't speak to other methodologies, but the law was very prescriptive about the time period of the data that we needed to look for. And so we followed uh, the statute in terms of making sure that we were looking at the right years. Uh, And so that's really how the list came to be. These are, in fact, from our data, the top spending drugs on the prescription drug side. And they really are going to make such a difference in the lives of the people who take these drugs. So as you're seeing from the list, these are drugs that people typically spend thousands of dollars a year. And thanks to not just negotiation, but other parts of the drug drug law, people are going to see benefits really starting next year. And in fact, we've already started to see these benefits, uh, whether we're thinking about free vaccines or insulin, which is now capped at $35 for a month supply if you are in the Medicare program. Right. And then starting in 2025, we'll see people have a cap on out-of-pocket of $2,000. 
You made a statement this morning saying that you want to drive down prices for seniors, but at the same time, continue to drive competition and innovation. And I've spoken with a number of drug makers uh, this summer who are all very concerned and they're already starting to think differently about how they develop drugs, because in some senses, they feel that if they're going to have to enter negotiations 10 years in, nine, 10 years in, it's, it shortens their runway. What do you say to their concerns about the fact that it, this really sort of shortens the amount of time that they can really recoup the investment in innovation? I would say a couple of things. It's really important that we very much keep an eye on one of our common goals, which is to make sure that people have access to innovative, life-saving treatments. I talk to people all over the country who are making very difficult choices today about whether they will be able to put food on their tables, whether they will be able to pay their rent, or whether they will be able to fill their prescriptions. And it is crucial that we have the tools in our toolbox to make sure that Medicare is sustainable, not just for this generation of seniors, but for millennials, for the next generation, our children's children. And so what I would say is that the drug industry is one of the most innovative in the world. We're seeing some changes that are going to allow Medicare to do what drug companies do every day, which is negotiate with private sector entities for employer-sponsored insurance. Most of our coverage today is uh, negotiation between drug companies and private insurance companies. They do it with the VA. This is a new process, but it is one that is crucial to make sure that people can actually get access to the life-saving drugs that are coming to market. Madam Administrator, a lot of these drugs were, were developed before any of this, obviously, um, a lot of this happened. And, and um, you know, we take a lot of these life-saving uh, treatments for granted. Is there at least the thought that we want to tread lightly uh, on this in terms of, of our system here in this country? And, and I, I think you'd agree uh, abroad over in Europe, they've had Basically, these are price controls. I know you're saying negotiate, but it's kind of a take it or leave it. There haven't been a lot of these, these wonder drugs developed in Europe with, with price controls. Most of them are developed in this country. So it can, put, you know, it can hurt a company's ability to have enough money to innovate if they're not able to recoup their investment. It, it might be billions of dollars. Do you think about that, that the future drugs Sure, you can say seniors are going to get the drugs they've already developed, but what if they don't develop anymore, like in Europe? Is there a thought that, that you don't want to break this system or, or kill the, the goose that laid the golden eggs? Do you at least consider that possibility in terms of innovation? We absolutely are very concerned about making sure that America remains a place where we see innovation. The drug negotiation is very much crafted to think about drugs that have been on the market. So the law is very prescriptive about saying that the drugs that we're going to be negotiating are going to be ones that 
first of all, our top spenders are ones that do not have competition and have been on the market for a length of time. You know, I, my experience is with the Affordable Care Act and really being in Congress and then in the Obama administration. There was a lot of concern about how the Affordable Care Act would change health care. And of course, there were times where there were adjustments. The industry will adjust to a change. But your question of are we being mindful? Absolutely. We want this to be a voluntary back and forth with the industry. Again, very confident that they will be tough negotiators with us. Um, and we will, again, be very mindful of making sure that we are creating and keeping an environment where innovation flurries. Chiquita Brooks-Lesseur, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Next on Squawk Pod, the shocking speed of disinformation campaigns online and what Facebook's parent company is doing about it around the world. A report from Eamon Javers when we come back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Here's Joe Kernan. News alert uh, from Meta, just out with details of disinformation efforts it's been facing. Eamon Jevers joins us. Hey, Eamon. Morning, Joe. Meta, the parent company of Facebook, says this morning it's taken down a Chinese disinformation campaign it calls part of the largest known cross-platform covert influence operation in the world. The campaign, which appeared to be centrally controlled in China, was active on more than 50 platforms and forums, Meta says, including Facebook, Instagram, X, which was formerly Twitter, and others. The campaign generated positive commentary about China and criticism of the United States. Now, Meta says it's taken down 7,704 Facebook accounts and 954 pages related to this Chinese campaign, which they say has been going on since at least 2019 and is known in the business as spamouflage. But Meta says the operation did not have as much real-world impact as its huge scale would suggest. Meta also says it has new information about a Russian disinformation campaign that it shut down last year called Doppelganger, where threat actors spoofed web pages from sites like Fox News and The Washington Post designed to drive down support for Ukraine after Russia's invasion of that country. Meta describes the Russian campaign as agile and able to respond to events in real time. And in one sign of just how fast these campaigns are moving, Meta says that within 24 hours of the launch of their new Twitter competitor Threads, they spotted and removed accounts related to a known disinformation operation. Back over to you guys. All right, Eamon, uh, leave it there. Thank you. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. You can tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts to get the best of our show anytime. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. 
That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 